Welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Now I don't want to be long here tonight. Because we're going to get to business here tonight. Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to 28. And it says, Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you here tonight, and I pray that you would not allow one single person to leave this place the same. But I pray that here tonight, God, you would cut through every single heart, oh God. That there would be a brand new stirring within our hearts, God. Where you would be our desire and you would be our desperation, God. Our desperation would be just to get a hold of you, oh God. That our desperation would be to fight for our family members. That our desperation would be to fight for this generation, oh God. For I know, God, that you want to do something special in our lives. And I pray that this night would be a defining moment for many people that are here tonight. So I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say amen and amen. Now before you're seated, can you tell your neighbor, it's time to get desperate. You know, tonight... I really do feel that God wants to do something special. And I'm not just talking about God giving you goosebumps and a warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach. But I'm talking about something being birthed inside of you where there's a desperation inside of you. There's an urgency inside of you where you say, I don't want to be the same person that I was last year. I don't want to be the, have the same results that I had last year. But I want my life to be different and I want things to change in my life. A brand new desperation for him. That if maybe you saw results back in the day, five, ten years ago when you barely got saved. That this would be a year where you would get so desperate that nobody would be able to recognize your life. How many want those type of results? You know, tonight could be that night for you. I don't know about you, but I'm praying for revival to take place. I feel something stirring up within our church that as we've been fasting, as we've been praying, we were here last week and man, as people were worshiping and praying, Ramsey said, man, can you hear that? Can you hear how people are praising so loud? Can you hear the desperation of the people? There is something that is taking place within men and women within our church because they have decided to separate and put him first. We need revival. But you know the only way that revival is going to take place 
If there's a people that separate themselves unto God and they get so desperate for him that they're willing to pay a price, that they're willing to pay the price and sacrifice and wrestle with God just as Jacob did, that just as our first generation did, that when I look at sacrifice, when I look at desperation, I look at this first generation and they understood sacrifice. They understood what it was to pray for hours. They understood and they were willing to fast for days because they understood, I may not have much, but I understand that if I put God first, he's going to change my life. I could turn into a world shaker. God can make me into a pastor. God can make me into that evangelist. I could be somebody that he can use. I don't know if you see yourself like that here tonight, but that's how he sees you here tonight. He sees you as a world shaker. What's stopping you? He wants more of you. He wants you to be desperate for him so that everything in your life would change. Everything in your life. You know, John 15, when Jesus is talking about the vine, he says, without me you can do nothing. I must say that again. He's talking to you and I, and he's saying something so simply and so clear that you might have been doing things in your own understanding. You might have been toiling day and night, and you might have sacrificed, and you might find yourself maybe like King Saul and saying, I have sacrificed, but Samuel told him something. Obedience is better than sacrifice. What does God want us to do right now is he wants us to cry out to him. He wants us to repent and turn to him. Going back to the story of Jacob, this man was known as a deceiver. He was known as somebody that didn't have his life together. The meaning of his name was holder of heel and he cheats. And he twice deprived Esau of a blessing. He stole his birthright and he stole his inheritance as, a, as the firstborn. But finally Jacob came to a place, and I believe it was talked about a few weeks ago, a place of significance. It was the river or the brook of Jabbok. And this place was, had so much significance because what it meant, it meant this was the place of pouring out. He, all these years, here he is, all these years, jiving and conniving. I don't know if you know anybody like that. They know how to talk. They got the gift of gab. They just know how to wiggle their way in. They just know what to say and what to do. This was Jacob. This is who he was known as, as the guy that just maybe just didn't have it all together. He didn't walk how he was supposed to be walking, but it finally caught up to him. And he finds himself in this place of significance, the place of pouring out. And he had a decision to make. I've been running and gunning all my life. I've been playing games. I've been playing games with God. I've been playing games with so many things. And here I am, my back against the wall. Everything had caught up to him. And what do you see happen? You see that he finds himself finally alone. He sends his family ahead. He sends all of his possessions ahead. He sends everything ahead. He finds himself there alone. 
in a place of final surrenderance. So finally, I have emptied out. God, I want you to do everything that you, you could do in my life. I want to follow your will. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of playing games with you. I'm tired of being the man that I used to be. I need everything in my life to change. I'm desperate for it. And what you read in the next few scriptures, as you read about him wrestling with the angel of the Lord, with such a desperation to where he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. If you want to come to that place, you can too. But what has to happen is that you have to find yourself desperate, just as our first generation did. Some of you feel called. You have a city just birthed and you're burning inside of your heart. You know that God's called you to be a leader. God's called you to be a disciple. Or God's called to be a, a director. God's called you to do something for him that is greater than yourself. But what will it take? It will take for a man and a woman to just get desperate for him and humble himself and understand that without him we can do nothing. You know, God can't fill somebody that's already full. We must first be emptied of everything. A lot of times we could be full of ourselves. Come on, am I talking to somebody? We could be full of the world and still be here in church, playing the part and lifting our hands. You know, I'm just saying things that I know that even as Christians or somebody that's serving God for a very long time, that we can come to that place of just being monotonous with God. We know what to say. We know what to do. We know the church lingo. Hey, brother, amen. We know how to stay away from certain people that will get in our lives and deal with our lives. We know how to play the part. But God is just saying here tonight, I want you to go deep with me and stop playing the part because I want to do something inside of your life to where nobody will be able to recognize you anymore. The person that you were in 2022, nobody's going to be able to recognize you once I'm done with you. Once I'm done with you, they're going to know you as a man of God and as a woman of God. Somebody that no longer walks the same. Somebody that no longer talks the same. Man, that people are going to be saying, who is that person? I don't even recognize them anymore. God wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with his thoughts and his desires. And he wants intimacy with you. He wants you to be desperate for him to where nothing else matters. Nothing else matters in your walk. Everything else comes second in your life. You know, when I think of desperate people in the Bible that desired results and desired for something to change in their lives, I think of blind Bartimaeus. That he find himself as somebody that just said, you know what, my whole entire life people have passed me by. My whole entire life, nobody's really cared why. Because I have a disability and people can see that in my life. And people don't see much in my life. And he could have made all the excuses in the world of just being comfortable where he was at. But there was something inside of him that wanted more. 
There was something inside of him that had a desperation that said that if only I can be in his presence, that something's going to change inside of my life. If only I could get a hold of the master, I know that things are going to change in my life. So what did he do? It wasn't just a thought that he had. He cried out to God and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people said, stop, be quiet. Even then in that very moment, he shouted all the louder because he understood I'm desperate to get something and I'm going to go get it. I know that Jesus can change that in my life. And that's exactly what happened because he was desperate to see a change in his life. That's what took place. He was no longer the same, but he was a testimony of God's power. He was the testimony that God does have compassion upon your life. He was that living testimony where people could see the power of God. You look at the life of Hannah and her desperation. You see how she went desperate to the temple and she could not conceive a child. And if you knew during those times, if you could not conceive a child, it was like if you were good for nothing. You couldn't do what you, you were supposed to do and continue the lineage. She was being made fun of during that time. And here she was in pain and in agony, desperate to get a hold of God. If anybody could change my situation and my circumstance, God, I know it is you. She got to the point where the priest said, you're drunk, get out of here. I don't know if you've ever been in that place where you're just so desperate that you have those drunk prayers and you're just like, man, I don't care what it takes. I look like a mess right now, but God, I need to get a hold of you. It was because of that desperation that something took place in her life. What about the, the woman with the issue of blood? With 12 miserable years, 12 miserable years being looked at as somebody that was unclean, as somebody that was cast out from her family, as somebody that had to live outside of the city because she was considered unclean. Imagine if that was you and your family casted you out. Because you had a condition. And some of you, maybe it wasn't that condition. It was a different condition. And your families did not want you around. And they knew you as something else because you had a certain condition in your life. But some of you, God was able to touch your life and something took place. Come on, I know that you could give Jesus praise tonight. I know that there's some grateful people in this place that you know and understand what it is to get desperate because Jesus has changed your life. This is what took place with her. For 12 years, she exhausted every resource. She exhausted her finances. She went to every doctor that you can think of. She did everything that she could possibly do. But the Bible says that her faith only grew stronger. She still had hope. And she heard once again that Jesus was near. And she said, if only I could get a hold of the master, I know that everything in my life will change. So what do you see happen? She had her crawl to the master and said, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, 
my life is going to change. And that's exactly what took place. She had to crawl her way to the master, and her life changed. I don't know how many people here are desperate to see something take place in your marriage, something to take place with your kids, because I'll tell you something, that the enemy right now has an agenda where he's after your marriage, he's after your kids, he's after everything that you have. But there has to be a desperation inside of you to stand up for what is right and the things that God wants you to stand up for. Because you are called to be somebody that's great. The Bible says that you are the salts of the earth. That you are the light of the world. During that moment, God, Jesus was placing the value inside of your life. And saying you have greatness inside of you. Because that greatness is me. 2 Timothy, you know, when you look around at the signs of the times, I think that if there was any time that you needed to cry out with desperation, that time is now. I've looked at the news lately, and when even the news is saying we're living in the end times, I saw another thing the other day where it said, you know, this thing that's taking place right now, it fulfills biblical prophecy of the end times. I'm like, man, if people are not waking up with everything that's taking place, this is the time where you should be crying out to him. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 says, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of what's good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Revelations 22:12, Jesus said, look, I'm coming soon. I came to tell somebody here tonight that it's time to get him back in the center of your life because Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. How many believe that? And I believe that the theme of even our ministry is he's coming back or he's coming soon. Going back to the portion of scripture, Jacob got to the point of being so desperate where he wanted everything to change in his life. You see a few things take place in this encounter with God. You see that he no longer walked the same. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord pulled his hip out of his socket, which represented his walk with the Lord, and he never walked the same ever again. I don't know about you, but I want that to take place in every season of my life. That nobody could recognize the way that I walk with God because I'm constantly in his presence. He's constantly doing something inside of my life to where our lives change. Our walks with him change. You see that his identity changed. He gave him a different name. That when he was known as somebody that might have not had it together as a deceiver... He changed his name and gave him the name of Prince. Imagine that. That God has done something like that with some of you here. That maybe you were known like something in the world. But he gave you a different name as a man of God and a woman of God. 
He's calling you as the future pastor and the future preacher. He's calling you as an evangelist. He's calling you as that worship leader. He's calling you to rise up. But he's looking for somebody like Jacob that will be poured out and would be surrendering. And you would come to that place, the brook of Jabbok, your very own place of pouring out. And I pray that tonight would be that night for you, that you would surrender everything to him. So that he could do what he wants to do inside of your life. How desperate will you be this year to get a hold of him? How desperate are you right now to see him move inside of your life? You know that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, is the same power that's living inside of you. Have you tapped into that power yet? You know, someone once said that prayer does not change God, but it changes he who prays. You know, I'm reminded of the story of our spiritual grandfather, David Wilkerson. If you read it in the cross and the switchblade, he asked himself, what would happen if I used the time that I'm watching TV and I used that time to pray? What would happen so what he does, you know, he's just thinking about everything was going good in his life. You read about it. He had a good church. Financially, they were doing great. He had a good family. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing for God. But he said that he was unsatisfied still. And his wife said, David, you need to sell that TV. And he said, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not selling that TV. So what he did, he said, okay, this is what I'll do. I'll put it in the paper. And that's what they used to do back in the day. They used to sell things on the penny saver and things like that. I know some of you guys used to go on the penny saver before. Come on now. So what he did is he put it there for a few days and he gave time. He said, okay, if it's from God, then it'll sell within this time. I'll give it a few days. So... It's that last day, and he says, you know what, God didn't want me to sell the TV. And his wife is like, no, no, it's, we still got time. We still got 10 minutes. And the story goes that he got a phone call within those last 10 minutes, and the guy just said, you know what, I've got the money. I'm coming to your house to pick up the TV. It's mine. And he said, but you haven't seen the TV. I don't care. The TV is mine. So what he thought to himself as he began to pray and take that time to where that time in prayer began to be hours of prayer. And God began to birth something inside of him where revival began to take place. It was because a man decided to pray that we find ourselves here today that he was able to reach out to our founder. That he was able to reach out to Nikki Cruz because a man decided to pray. And get a hold of God and get desperate for God. What would it look like if you would leave some things behind and you decided to take that time and get a hold of God and get desperate for him? What would happen if you would stop watching those TV shows or if you would stop with some of those hobbies that you got going on? What would your life look like? Would revival take place because you got a hold of God? Imagine that, a country preacher from Pennsylvania 
in this time of prayer, God called them to go to New York and interrupt the trial where God would lead him to go out there and God would lead him to the leaders of different gangs over there. And all of a sudden a revival would begin to take place where gang members in New York, all over New York, would begin to be saved. And all of a sudden they would be sent to Bible school. And all of a sudden they would, they would change, there would be change. And out of that, pastors and evangelists would rise up. Out of that... Our founder was sent over here to Bible school and we have, we have our, our, our mother church here in this place. Because God birthed something out of that moment in prayer. Because somebody decided to pray with a desperation for God. I have so many testimonies that I could testify all night about God's goodness in prayer. I have prayed with the desperation. I know we do this a lot within my V group. And usually every, maybe twice a year, we do a 21-day Daniel fast. And I remember being about a weekend, everybody was excited. This was a few years ago. I, you know, people were excited. We're, man, we're fasting for some things. We're fasting for God to move. And I remember a weekend getting a phone call from my mom just saying, the doctors have given me two months to live. For whatever reason, there was something cancerous that just spread throughout my whole body. And I was, I was, I was shaken. You're in the middle of a fasting that believing that God's going to do miracles. And all of a sudden, you get a phone call like this. And you're getting the talk of, you know, are my life insurance is in your name and all these other things. And that's pretty much it. And I, I, I couldn't take it. I had to get myself together and say, God, I know who you are. And I know what you're capable of doing. I know you're the God of the impossible. And I'm going to know this side of you as God, my healer. You're going to show yourself strong in this area. So I began to fast. I began to fast with our whole entire group. One week in, more tests, and they're still there. A week after we were finished with our fast, I get a phone call saying, the doctors can't find the trace of this cancer. It is complete healing. And I could tell you that things like this can only happen when somebody gets desperate for God. Come on, I know you can give God praise. God wants to do something like this in your life. If you're praying for your marriage, if you're praying for your kids, if you're praying for salvation, God could do it. I was praying for my father for 15 years. He had walked away from the Lord. He was leading worship during the time. He was leading worship and one of the, the, the worship leaders, Gabe Ortiz, was training him during that time. And I remember the devil just coming heavy against my family. My father left. There I was praying for my father for 15 years. Ramsey remembers I was here going every Friday night to prayer. Some of you that were going for every Friday night, you would hear me lift up that as a prayer request. I remember not giving up. I remember even living with, when I was in the discipleship home in Edgar, you know, I was lifting him up, knowing and believing that God was going to do something special. 15, it took 15 years, but 15 years later, 
you know, I was on my way to San Jose to spend some time over there. And I received a text from my dad saying, I just want to thank you for your prayers. And I want to let you know that I've rededicated my life to the Lord. I've been praying and I've been reading for two weeks. This previous year, I was able to go with Pastor Tim. He was preaching at his church. He's part of the worship team. He had him testify and had me testify. And I could tell you that moment was so satisfying knowing that for 15 years, I was pressing in for something. And to see the results of God, to see the result of how God moves. You know, prayer changes. It changes things. It changes our attitude. It breaks down our pride. It refreshes, it refreshes us when we're dry. It gives us strength when we are weak. It brings a stale life back to life. Prayer makes us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. It gets you back on track. It gives you direction. It gives you conviction. Prayer moves the hand of God. You want to see a miracle? You want to see the impossible take place? Well, then pray and fast because that's exactly what God wants you to do. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is God's desire is that you would draw near to him. Jeremiah 29 13 says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What is Fasting. I know we're in this time of fasting and we have one more week, one more week to our prayer summit. And that was our goal. It's the discipline that releases God's anointing and his favor and the blessing upon your life. Sometimes the best thing you could possibly do is to starve your flesh and to feed your spirit. You know, too many Christians today... They find themselves malnourished in the things of God. They, but they find themselves well fed with the things of the world. And they live defeated lives. God is looking for a desperate man and a desperate woman here tonight. Someone once said that time spent in prayer is never wasted. That our prayers have no expiration date. You never know when, where, or how God will answer. Two things I could tell you from this portion of scripture from Jacob that were very crucial and very key is no matter how tough life gets, don't let go. The reason God allows us to go through the struggle is not to harm us. Nor to kill us or break us, but to change us. And the second thing is that we have to be people that are willing to allow change in our lives so that God can bless you. As the music comes, why don't we all stand here tonight? You know, once again in John chapter 15, Jesus himself is saying that without me you can do nothing. God is looking for somebody here tonight 
that would be desperate to get a hold of him. If you're praying for that marriage, you're praying for your children, you're praying for something to take place in your life, it's time to get desperate. You know, tonight, I dare you. I dare you to get desperate for more of Jesus. I dare you to go after him like never before. There's a city with your name on it. It might be this city. It might be a different city. But God is calling out tonight. He's searching every heart. He's seeing who is willing to pay the price, who is willing to sacrifice because I have so much more for your life, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to come to me. How long will it take you? Because I've been here all along. I've been waiting to raise you up as a leader. I've been waiting to raise you up as that pastor that I've called you to be. I've been waiting. What I want to do here tonight, if you say, I need something to change inside of my life, I want that desperation inside of me. I, I want God to stir something new inside of me. These altars are open here tonight. I challenge you here tonight to get desperate. I challenge you here tonight. If you want something to change in your life, if you want to be everything that God has called you to be, this is your time and this is your moment with him. Come on, don't let anything hold you back here tonight. For he's waiting for you. Come on, cry out to him tonight. Cry out to him tonight. Come on, don't hold back tonight. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.